Welcome to the Everyday PM Podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager with over a decade of experience working in various industries, healthcare, retail, consumer goods, tech, marketing, you name it. I probably have been, have worked in that industry before. I am so excited to welcome Giuliano to the podcast, who is a project management executive and entrepreneur with 15 years of experience across e-commerce, fintech, travel, and loyalty industry. So Giuliano, you might have me beat in the amount of industries that you have worked (laughs) across as well. But thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We are definitely going to spotlight a lot of what you work on and what you do. But before we get to that, for those in our audience who have not met you yet, please take a brief moment to introduce yourself. For sure. First off, uh, thank you, Anne, for having me on the Everyday PM. I'm an avid listener, uh, so uh, glad to finally be a, a guest speaker on your show as well. So uh, a little bit about me. So I uh, began my, uh, what I call, uh, relationship with project management, I would say over the last 15 years or so. Um, and I kind of focused on the business transformation side of things. So you can think of that as basically large enterprise level type of projects, uh, that's where my passion tends to lie. And and uh, and if you think about it, most PMs kind of get drawn into the profession because you work on things you've never really done before, right? It could be mm-hmm. a new product, a new process, a new service. Um, so that's kind of what drove me into to the industry. Um, and I kind of haven't looked back since. Awesome. And it's it's you, you're exactly right. And we've had probably multiple conversations throughout the the life of this podcast around how either people fell into being a project manager or they were actually trained and went to school and and educated themselves before they picked up that role. But it sounds like you got a little bit of both happening in, in your journey to where you're at today. So thank you so much for sharing your professional journey with us. So let's dive into, you talked about being uh, passionate about enterprise-wide PMO. And I know that a lot of folks who are probably starting in project management might not even know what that means. So can we break it down for them just kind of at a basic level? What are the differences between what you do and your role versus, you know, somebody who might just be starting out? Yeah, for sure. So I like to look at, I I like to think of the project management role as a whole it's really going through some sort of disruption right now. So if you look at traditional project managers, they tend to focus mostly on the project outcomes as a whole. Uh, and then this is regardless if they have a PMO that they're reporting under or not. Um, and what's different about enterprise level uh, projects is you're kind of looking at it from a global scale. So you're really looking at what the strategy is of the company you're working for. And it doesn't have to just be the fiscal year. It doesn't have to be just 2023, for example. It's really looking at a couple years ahead. Basically, whatever the company is willing to share with you, it's kind of you being able to ingest that and kind of apply it to what you're working on. So um, I really like to think of it as focusing on business outcomes and the success criteria of the business versus just uh, trying to check off scope, budget, and quality Mm -hmm. like traditional projects do. I love that you portrayed it in such a way that is is very practical and you kind of outlined the logical steps of how to get there. Now, when I think about it, I wonder about how do you make that switch, right? So you could be doing the tactical, you could be very task-driven looking at you know in, uh, jobs on an individual basis. But for you in your journey, Juliano, when did you realize that you were making that switch? switch for yourself in terms of focusing more on the strategic initiatives 
as part of your PMO versus, you know, the tactical kind of day-to-day work that you probably were doing when you started out? Yeah, it's actually a really great question. And I had a pretty interesting career, at least a little bit on the latter part of my career. So I was definitely one that just focused on the product, the project level initially. Um, But one pivot I made around 2018 was I actually left the project management world for a little bit and actually uh, took on an operations role uh, for a startup for one of the largest uh, companies in Canada. Um, And that was, and you can think of that as leading teams such as customer support, um, delivery, uh, back office operations. And while that was a pretty crazy pivot, one thing I did notice was it really gave me a a much more holistic view of execution as a whole. Uh, And that's how I treat project management. It's really executing on the strategy. So that's when the light bulb really clicked inside of me. It's like, hey, we're not just taking boxes. We're not just making sure the project is always green. We're actually trying to create some outcomes that's beneficial for a company or an organization. Um, so that was kind of the the light bulb moment that I had uh, back in 2018. I love that. It's such a beautiful journey. And, and when that clicks for you, it's kind of like, oh, right. Everything that I was doing, the grind that was happening on all these projects, uh, the day-to-day, the nitty-gritty, working directly with the project teams, it all starts to make sense when you start to connect it to strategy and the overall vision. I like that you said you took a departure from being a you know project manager by title. I mean, I still think when you're in operations, you're still kind of doing project management stuff. 100%. If, if, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I'm in that role now, and I still feel like I'm practicing project management. But I think that departure alone was something that allowed you to kind of gain perspective too. And so I implore those that are listening, when you think about your journey and you're trying to figure out how to make that transition, I consider your exposure to to what you know about the company. Uh, for example, let's say you are considering a long tenure, tenure somewhere, um, try to expand your network, talk to people, understand what am I doing on a day-to-day and how does that connect to strategy? And I I think, Giuliano, I brought you on here because I also want to know how you see that in your day-to-day, right? In your role as PMO director, I think that is your day-to-day as you're thinking about strategy on a daily basis. But for somebody who's kind of just trying to tap into that and figure out, is this the journey I want to make as a PM? You know, what does that look like? And so I'm definitely interested in and you sharing that perspective with our audience as well. Of course. And I think it really also comes from uh, the level of leadership in the company you work for too, is, is do they understand what a PMO's role is or what the project manager's role is? So having that buy-in and support at the top level does help immensely uh, for project managers who are just finding their way. But there is things that you could do as well to really kind of kickstart the, the implementation of strategy that goes along with execution. And it's really just, like you said, I think you you hit a lot of the points there. It's really networking with people outside of your core group. Um, Start speaking with the marketing department. Start speaking with the business developers. Really figure out what the pain points are in the organization. I think if you start treating it with that perspective, I want to solve the pain points of the business I'm working for. You're going to get much more buy-in from from people who don't really understand the the, the total value uh, of project management. And that's kind of the approach I took was find out where, where people are really struggling, where they're uh, having friction, either from a mm. communication point of view and being able to connect the dots. I think PMs are really good at connecting the dots and it's just just sharing that across the board. And and one more question around your journey, because I'm just so curious about how you see this because you went PM and then you went to an operations role and then kind of back to PM, right? Um, 
how does that translate? How, how did that translate for you? Do you feel that they were, they were kind of in the same wheelhouse or did you have to kind of make some shifts to be able to get into more of an operational role versus a PM role? Just curious about that. Yeah, I, it's, it's a great question. I feel we're all pretty much accidental PM, uh, regardless mm -hmm. of, of what we do. You could be pretty much any role. Um, and it's really just taking a series of processes and executing on them. Uh, what's a little bit different on the operations front, it's, it's a lot of repeatable stuff. So you're continuously doing the same yeah. things and you're kind of optimizing them. So think more Six Sigma type of, type of a role. Um, but there's a lot of project management that could be applied to operations, especially when you're working in a startup where everything pretty much is new. Um, and I think using that kind of terminology and kind of using either predictive or agile, whatever you want to kind of enforce, uh, the project project management could really be applied to any role. That's awesome. Definitely transferable skills. And I, I heard that. And as you were describing kind of the, the differences between the two roles. So I think for those that are listening, that's also helpful to take note of is that there's a lot of transferable skills. So if you find that you're on your own journey and you love process improvement, maybe think about operations, right? And and and, and consider what Giuliano's saying. If you like kind of the creating and, re and, and the repetitive nature of, of some of the things that you can create and implement at an organization to find efficiencies, then maybe that's, that's the role for you. But definitely kind of start to be in tune with what you like about project management. And then you can find a path like Giuliano has. So I, I know when we were talking about the concept of this episode, you shared with me a few tidbits of, around educational initiatives that you're working on. And so I think that really was um, obviously attractive to me in the sense that I am also an educator on the side. Uh, but I want to kind of start to go segue into that part of the conversation around the educational initiatives that you're working on. And essentially, what are you launching? How does that translate to project management? Give us the whole spiel around and what's going on in that world. Totally. Yeah. So um, one thing we noticed just from a context perspective, um, we were noticing two things, at least I was noticing one, uh, given the popularity of the PMO, we were starting to get a bunch of requests for project work. So expertise of project management, while that is a, a great problem to have overall, uh, we were starting to notice that we were becoming the bottleneck in a lot of things. So, um, and, and that's something we don't want in, in any stretch of the imagination. We want to be able to execute efficiently. Uh, which wasn't possible with the with the demand currently there. Uh, and two, the level of requests coming in kind of were all different flavors. It was massive mm -hmm. enterprise level stuff, but there was also a lot of little tiny stuff. Uh, and then speaking with my boss, who was a, who is the VP of, of operations, she actually came up with the, with a, an idea that really sparked uh, the interest in me is, why not teach this the the PM skill set to, to to others so they can actually run their own projects. So effectively, we're scaling project management without increasing the headcount, which is, I thought, a brilliant move. <laughs> yeah, it's a mind-blowing yeah. moment for sure. Amazing. And it was really, yeah, and it was really us. So what we we kind of, I basically took it and I ran with it. So I, uh, we created a program called the PMO Collab. Uh, and you can think of it as a 10-session interactive course where we uh, started a pilot last year, anybody who was interested in enrolling. And we basically took those core competencies. It could be timeline management, could be dealing with this uh, difficult customers, it could be stakeholder management, things like that. And we started to teach that to the company. Um, and we split the session up into two. So the first part of the session is lecture format, where it was me and my team kind of doing a PowerPoint, teaching others kind of the skill set. 
And then the second part using Zoom or Google Meet or whatever, we we broke up into virtual teams and they kind of applied the skill they learned to a, a mock project or a mock scenario. Uh, and if you fast forward to today, the, the, the actual program became massively popular. It's almost 20% of the organization is a part of this collab now. Um, we actually created an additional level. Uh, so we have kind of level one's PM 101, and now we have a little bit more of an advanced tactics type of thing. Um, and then for, just to create a little bit of a gamification to it as well, we uh, we do a, a final exam for the people who complete each of the 10 sessions. And if they pass it, we give them um, kind of an honorary badge that they can kind of put in their email signatures, share on LinkedIn, things like that. But the program has really been a, a massive success for us. I... If you're watching this video, like my smile just like grew <laughs> all the way to this corners of my face. That is amazing. That is incredible to hear. Such a great use case, such an innovative and creative way to expand the PM knowledge without, to your point, ha without having to hire actual project managers. And it's a great way to kind of share the knowledge, but also bring, um, a new perspective to those who may or may not have necessarily seen the value of what project management can do. So I love that idea. I am great. probably going to steal it. No, I don't know. Steal is probably not the right word. Maybe I'll borrow a few influences from what you just shared, but I, I love that idea. And I love that you're, you shared that it's working out well and it's being well received by the organization. Yeah, totally. And, and, and just to kind of uh, add a little bit more to that, because in terms of the benefits, it's not just teaching people uh, about PM, which is a, the big core of it. Yeah. Um, two, it's really getting people to start uh, talking with the same language as well. So when we're working on a project and we're talking about UAT or we're talking about scope or requirements, uh, everybody kind of understands right away what that is. So less time focused on kind of getting alignment on the terminology more time focused on the actual getting things done, which is the most important part of, of project management. And then three, which is actually a, a downstream kind of importance that I, I find is we're actually creating an active internal pipeline of potential project managers in the organization. So mm. whenever the need arises where we have an additional headcount that opens up and the person actually sees project management as a, a potential role for them in the future, we already kind of trained them where the stakes are really low so they can come in with a hit the ground running instead of bringing in someone who you potentially may or may not have a good culture fit. I, you, it was, that was perfect. You read my mind. That was going to be my question <laughs> was, did it then start to motivate folks to want to actually be project managers? And it sounds like that is the case, or at least it gives them an opportunity or a pipeline to be able to do so, which is which is also fantastic. So were there any downsides to the program in terms of, you know, um, just everything that we do is always, you know, usually met with some sort of opposition? Was there anything like that that was happening as you're trying to stand this program up or did it kind of execute pretty flawlessly for you? I would say it was pretty flawlessly. I would say the only, I would say potential downside or, or at least early on was the opportunity cost of it, right? It's mm -hmm. it's it's not a, an easy undertaking to to do. So it takes up a lot of my time and my team's time. And also each of the uh, participants has to dedicate a, a couple hours a month to, to attend these sessions. Sure. So a small investment overall, but um, it's, it's something you have to get buy-in from management and whatnot of each of, of the participants. 
Sure. I mean, and again, a project in itself, right? So a good use case to also to train folks on is is just the creation of this actual program. I'm also curious about where you are drawing the curriculum from. Are you are you teaching around the organization's methodologies around project management, or is this kind of a broader um, perspective from the global PMI or where, where your source is coming from that you're training folks on? Yeah, totally. It's um, so we, we treat ourselves as kind of PM methodology agnostic. So we don't really <laughs> kind of go to one versus the other. It's kind of what's the project's the first question we ask to see the type of methodology to apply. Uh, but yeah, you're a hundred percent correct. It's really looking at it from a, a kind of a global view. Um, and, and we have people, we have scrum masters who attend, we have product product managers attend. So we want to make it as broad as possible and not focus too much on, um, the terminology to, to kind of constrain people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's a, a big thing with a lot of PMs, right? It's being as collaborative as possible versus kind of red tape, red tape, red tape. Gotcha. Gotcha. And how do you feel that this program has impacted your PMO? Has it strengthen the the value of the PMO, I, I would assume. But I mean, is there anything else that you kind of saw as a residual impact that's happened with the PMO? I think um, for the most part, internally, it's been very impactful. So uh, it gives our, it gives my team uh, specifically the opportunity to share their expertise to the, to the wider company. So I think just the fulfillment of being a teacher versus just executing all the time mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. is a really great change of pace. Um, and they kind of ask me all the time when we're, we're doing a new session, like, could I lead this one? Could I lead that one? Could I lead that topic? So it's creating that environment of, of continuous learning and continuous improvement, which I think is an awesome thing to see. That's so great. I love it so much. I, again, grinning again, just listening to this entire journey is amazing. And, and I think a lot of folks will benefit from just hearing um, the successes that you're seeing in the creation of this. And it just came from that idea, right? From your VPO, um, which is great. And you you went in and executed everything. So I think Giuliano, I, I'm curious because we don't, it's rare that we have PMO directors come on and be guests on, on the podcast. So in your role, I don't know if you've been hearing about all this chatter around PMOs are evolving and kind of how they're they're kind of shifting. Same thing with the role of project manager. There's lots of conversation around how we are project leaders or however you want to you want to portray our roles today. Do you have you heard of any of that chatter? And and I promised you I wouldn't ask you anything where I didn't <laughs> think you would have a response to this. But now I'm just curious. Um, yeah. Have you heard any of that chatter? And if you have. Do you have a perspective on on it and and where you think PMOs are going? Yeah, it's it's been on my mind quite often, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's it's it, we're in a constant state of disruption, the project management world in particular. Um, so that's why I'm I'm really encouraging my team and and the PMO within our organization to focus more on the transformation side of things because disruption is not just happening on a PMO level; it's happening at a at a global level in a way, and we want to be the kind of the engine that drives change and be change leaders in a way. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I'm positioning um, the role when speaking to other people within uh, my organization. So I, I call ourselves change agents, uh, transformation leaders and project managers, but I really want to get that message across mm -hmm. that you could, you could leverage us for a bunch of different ways. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a, a time where you, we're going to have to pivot. I think everyone's going to have to pivot as, as project managers and, and PMO leaders 
and really see what are ways uh, we could tap into to value that's quite different than the traditional world. That, yeah, that sounds fantastic. I think you're, you're trying to progress in the direction that the, the water is flowing, right? So you're, you're trying to be a little bit ahead of that, in fact, in, in the way that you responded to that question, because I think there's just a lot of organizations who are struggling with adapting. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that doesn't seem to be your perspective at all, which, which is fantastic in, in this time where the environment is disruptive, it is changing, and we have to make a decision whether or not we are going to evolve with that. And I, everybody who's listening, I think that's such a great perspective to have to focus on transformation, to learn all you can on change management and all of those things that are becoming much more relevant in this in this day and age of PMOs, where you're not just kind of divvying out projects, you know, that's kind of the old school way of looking at a PMO, you become much more, it sounds like there's so many more services that your PMO is offering that might not have been the case in the last five or even 10 years. Yeah, very much so. And, and just another example of that is um, most PMOs, if you look at it from a traditional sense, they kind of put some red tape around. These are the type of tools you have to use for the project. You have to use this scope document, et cetera. What we're doing is we're building more of a, a list of, of best practices. You can use these tools if you want. They're available for you company-wide. We're not going to force you to use them. If, they, if you feel you have a better way of doing it, by all means, go ahead. So I think it's that collaborative approach that PMOs have to start taking um, mm -hmm. and be more, consider yourselves more a partner to other functions versus this, this overseeing, overbearing entity, which is traditional. Oh, such a great point. Such a great point. Any other words of wisdom, Giuliano, you want to leave with our audience? I mean, I could probably kind of nitpick and pick your brain about this, this topic for, for hours, but I, I think our time is up for today, but anything else that you wanted to share? Yeah, of course. I would just uh, leave you with um, just embrace change. I think that's very important as, as PMO leaders, as project managers, uh, embrace the change. With change comes opportunity and, and kind of a role with it. Be agile and be an agile thinker um, and then kind of use that to kind of shape where your career is going to be and where your PMO is going to be. I wish there was a day where we could work together. I just, I feel you like already, yes, exactly. That is very true. I think you never know. And we are essentially working together on this episode. And it's been truly an honor and a pleasure to get to know you over this, uh, the course of this discussion. I think that you're doing such great things for your organization. And I, I just think that if, if I was on your team, I would just be constantly passionate about what we're doing and, and where we're going. So thank you for sharing your insights with our audience. Thank you for sharing that um, amazing program that you have running at your organization. I definitely am going to take some cues from what you guys are doing as well. So if folks want to continue the conversation with you, Giuliano, on any of these topics that we discussed today, where can they find you online? For sure. You can either find me online on LinkedIn. Um, you can just look for my name and then find me there. Um, but I also st recently started a Substack publication called Relentless Velocity, where I talk about a lot of the stuff we talked about today, business transformation and hypergrowth. Uh, and you can find me at relentlessvelocity.substack.com. I will definitely make sure all the appropriate links to contact you are available as well so that our everyday PM audience can find you. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn as well if you want to continue the conversation with me. Uh, 
While you're there, support the Everyday PM podcast by giving us a five-star review if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. We're available on Spotify, Google Play, Breaker, Overcast. Just search for the Everyday PM. You should be able to find the podcast there. You can watch the video version of this on my YouTube channel. You could see how big I was grinning as Giuliano was going through his use case example because I just think it's incredible. Um, watch the video version of this on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Ancampia. While you're there, take a moment to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and click the notifications bell to know when new content goes up. So that will do it for Giuliano and I on this installment of the Everyday PM podcast. Thank you everybody for joining us and until next time, take care.